And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to another brand new episode of This Week in Disney History. I am your host, Milo Beasley, coming to you live from the Milo Beasley Show studio located 20 miles due east of Cinderella's Castle at the Walt Disney World Resort. Last week was a big week with talking about Disneyland Paris, talking about Tokyo Disneyland, two huge anniversaries for Milestone theme parks. We have another big anniversary this week. We have, there's a a lot of these days, man. There were just so many things I had to pick and choose. And then to be quite honest, some of these days I was like, huh, well, I got to find something for it. So some of these days are going to be a little bit more chunkier than the others. Apologies, but I really, really wanted to dive into some of these big milestone. So why don't we go ahead and and do that? Starting with what is Sunday, April 18th. So starting with April 18th, 1953, a Mickey Mouse cartoon titled The Simple Things is released. And again, released in 1953, it would be another 30 years until 1983 when Mickey's Christmas Carol's Carol was released. So it was 30 years between Mickey Mouse cartoons. That's quite unbelievable. I mean, they were they were during the, the 30s and 40s just cranking them and cranking them. And then 1953, they just stopped until 1983. So the simple things was apparently really simple. So simple, they weren't going to make any more for a long time. And then speaking of 1983, segue, segue king, the Disney Channel debuts starting at 7 a.m. with a show called Good Morning Mickey. Oh man, wouldn't that be a great, like, I would love for there to be a Disney-themed morning show. I can think of a really good host. But just think about it, you know, we you talk to somebody who is involved in the Disney universe, whether it be a voice actor, whether it be an Imagineer, whether it be a vice president of a park. And then every morning you talk about Disney news and then you have an interview. Man, hey, Disney Channel, if you are listening to this, I have a great idea for a show. It's called Good Morning, Mickey. Uh, all right, April 18th, 1994, Beauty and the Beast debuts. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not right. Beauty and the Beast, the musical, debuts on Broadway. The hit movie finally making its way to the stage. This was the, there were a couple test performances and stuff like that that had been going on i think in in texas uh but this was the premiere for the big stage show on broadway i have never seen i've seen the uh the lion king but i have not seen beauty and the beast the musical and i should because one of my guests christy carlson romano cheap plug you can find her uh, 
just Google or not, just go on the YouTubes and search for Milo Beasley, Christy Carlson Romano, and you can find our interview, was Bell on Broadway. April 18th, 2002. We kind of touched upon this a couple of weeks ago, but Chester and Hester's Dinorama officially opened. So this area is a, uh, a carnival-type atmosphere, a couple rides, some games, Triceratops Spin, Primeval Whirl, a lot of carny games, uh, finally premieres in the Dinoland area. So uh, if you... So, you know, Animal Kingdom opened and we'll get to this in 1998. And so four years later, outside the Dinoland area, there would be actually, so it wasn't even really Dinoland area when I said anyway. So, but then outside the Dinoland area there, they opened up the Dinorama, which by the way, if you go onto my Instagram, you will see my winnings. So I spent the, uh, about Every two weeks, I would go to about once every two or three weeks, I would go to Animal Kingdom to the carnival area to the basketball game where they would they have prizes that are exclusive to Disney's Animal Kingdom and to Dino Rama. Um, they are there's a Iguanodon from the dinosaur ride, there's a plush Cementosaurus, you know, that's that big green dinosaur, and it says Dino Rama on this. So, um, yeah, so they have, I think there was one, two, three, four. There was like 10 different, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. But I finally completed the set last week, and I could not be happier. Some of those, you had to sink three baskets in a row. But I finally did it. I broke down in tears. I poured it to the sky. Um, no, but it was super hard. But that being said, I no longer have to go. But I am willing to go. If you need one of these dinos, look it up on my Instas. If you're like, man, I really need one of those guys, let me know. I am your man. I will go down. I mean, I'll, I got to charge a premium, but I will go down there and win you some prizes. So just want to throw that out there. What are we talking about? April 18th. We're still on April 18th, 2003. Holes, the movie Holes featuring Shia LaBeouf premieres in theaters. This is a super underrated movie. I don't even know if it's on the Disney Plus. If it's on the Disney Plus, do do me a favor. Today, if you have an hour and a half, I think it's about an hour and a, it's a, you know, it's a it's a movie. If you have an hour and a half, go watch Holes featuring Shia LaBeouf. That's all I got to say. LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf? LaBeouf. LaBeouf. I am LaBeouf. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, um, I need more friends. Uh, April 19th, moving on to April 19th, 1987. This is a big, big, big one. The Simpsons premieres as a one minute short on the Tracy Ullman show. Now, why is this a big deal? Because the Simpsons now in its 82nd season, I think, right? No, that's not right. Math doesn't. Uh, anyway, so The Simpsons now, since the purchase of 21st Century Fox, are now a Disney-owned entity. So you still see The Simpsons at Universal Studios, but they are owned by Disney. So yes, so the so The Simpsons, Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie all debut on this date 
in Fox <laughs> Disney history. April 19th, 2009, Space Mountain shuts down for the first time at the Magic Kingdom. Well, not like shuts down, like, okay, so like a um, a temporary shutdown, a for the first time since opening in 1975. So what is this? 2009. So that was what? 34 years. So the first time in 34 years, it was shut down for a refurb. Man, it's insane. So they replaced like the entire track. So like the track, uh, the map, if you will, that stayed the same, but they replaced pieces of the track and stuff like that and the lighting and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it went 34, is that right? 34 years before a refurb. Uh, April 19th, 2010. This one is really cool as I am a huge baseball fan, but to celebrate the 2010 major league baseball all-star game going on in Anaheim, which as you may know, same place, as the Disneyland, 36 different MLB-themed Mickey Mouse statues are unveiled and presented to the public. I believe that each of these Mickeys are also available to be seen at different Major League ballparks. I know, obviously, the Anaheim, the Anaheim Angels Mickey is outside the stadium, but I know the Rays still have theirs. They're inside. Uh, that Mickey Mouse is inside near the like the kids' area. Uh, Raymond's kids. I don't know what it was called. But yes, yeah, so the Mickey Mouse is there. So uh, I would love to be able to go around to the different stadiums and check out these Mickey Mouse statues. But also because of baseball. But statues, you know. Uh, April, moving on to April 20th. April 20th, 1991, my favorite place to eat on Disney property. The Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater opens at MGM Studios. It is, if you if you give me a choice, it is where I, man, I love the Sci-Fi Dine-In. I love being able to watch the the big screen. The food isn't horrible. They also did uh, for when Star Wars weekends was a thing. They also did a Star Wars themed breakfast inside uh, and they had Star Wars things on the big screen instead of the old 1950s style alien monster spider uh, movies that they, that they show on the big screen. So that was a lot of fun. They also, you know, it was, they also did character meets and stuff like that. Uh, so absolutely love the sci-fi dining is my favorite place. And second would be pizza Rizzo. So if you, when we talk about pizza Rizzo's opening, I will be going on a rant about how underrated pizza Rizzo is. Also, April 20th, 1992. Goof Troop premieres as a preview on the Disney Channel. So it was it's not it wasn't fully released uh, on the Disney Channel until September of that year, but they they posted a premiere, a preview episode of here is what the here is the goof troop, 
here's this cartoon that's going to be coming out. Of course, it wouldn't come out for six months. So, uh, you know, way to get way to get people hyped. I guess that's that's what trailer movie trailers do now, right? They do teaser trailers. But I think this would be one of the first movies that Disney did where they used a TV show to go into a movie, which they did with a goofy movie. So, yeah, so Goof Troop led to a goofy movie, which led to an extremely goofy movie, which led to Max Live at Disneyland Paris, the greatest stage show you will never see because it won't be happening again. So we're moving on to April 21st. April 21st, 1965 was the very first day of part two of the 1964 World's Fair. I know what you're saying. Wait, 1965 was the first day of the 1960. So like the 19th, so you know what? We'll just, we'll talk, you know, I say spoilers. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. So uh, April 21st, 2005. So if you've ever been to New York City, New York City, you'll know that huge, 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 neon sign the it's a 2500 square foot sign in new york city the very first thing to ever be shown on that screen was an advertisement for the lion king on broadway so this dates april 21st uh, 2005 that sign gets lit up with the lion king logo that's pretty awesome april 21st 2008 gosh you know like if you know when there's things and you're like oh i wish i could have been there for that josh gates shows up to animal kingdom and gives presents a cast of a yeti footprint to Imagineer Joe Rohde. So if you want, Josh Gates has a show. Okay, he has several shows, uh, but he had one that was called, it was called Destination Truth. So, and this was on sci-fi. This was, it's, it doesn't have Destination Truth anymore. Anyway, so on this show, well, on one of the episodes, they were trying to track the Yeti. They were trying to track Bigfoot and they you know, found a footprint. So then they made a cast of that footprint. But then on this date in 2008, Josh Gates showed up to Animal Kingdom, gave it to Joe Rohde, and would eventually be seen in the queue for Expedition Everest. So if you go to Animal Kingdom right now and you go inside the queue, you go wait in the queue, you will see this Yeti footprint that Josh Gates who is one of my favorite television personalities of all time. Mr. Gates, if you were watching the show, I would, you seriously need to be a guest on the Milo Beasley show or have, I would love to be a guest on Josh Gates tonight. You can have me as a guest anytime you wanted, sir. Moving on to April 22nd. Big, big day, big day in Disney history. April 22nd, 1964. That's right. The first day of the 1964 World's Fair. Okay, so let's get this out of the way because I know you might be a little bit confused. So the 1964 World's Fair was split up into two years. So it was, so the first day was April 22nd, 1964. And I believe that ran till 
Oh gosh. I ran for a couple months. <laughs> oh, I should have looked this up, but I didn't. Anyways, so then there was a second run of the 1964 World's Fair, but there was in 1965, which we discussed. So it was all the same exhibits. So if you're wondering why wasn't it called the 1965 World's Fair? Well, it was, it was just the same thing, but like the next year. So did, are, we, are we less confused on the, why there was two 1964 World's Fair? All right, so the 1964 World's Fair had a lot of Disney uh, representation. Uh, there were four, uh, I guess, attractions as part of the 1964 World's Fair that Disney was a part of, all of them sponsored by, you know, in the 50s, in the, in the, especially in the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of things sponsored <laughs> by, uh, by other companies represented at the Walt Disney World and Disneyland. So when everything had a sponsor, when I say everything had a sponsor, everything had a sponsor. But at the 1964 World's Fair, was the debut of several attractions that would make their way to theme parks later, including Walt Disney's It's a Small World, sponsored by Pepsi-Cola. So it was Pepsi-Cola presents Walt Disney's It's a Small World. That would be a staple at every Disney theme park. Uh, it's... Um, it's also a staple of everybody's nightmares when you get that song stuck in your head. Uh, also, General Electric sponsored Progress Land, which was the carousel of progress, which we have at Walt Disney World, but no longer at Disneyland. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, so, but yes, General Electric carousel of progress. Ford Motor Company presented Ford's Magic Skyway would be a prototype of what would become the people mover ride that, you know, so the people mover at, well, was at Disneyland as well, but is at Walt Disney world, not moving right now, but it's there and it's called the people mover. It should be called the, the people watch it sit still or ride. Uh, so, but <laughs> that ride where, you know, it moves you through Tomorrowland, it goes through a couple of the, tra uh, attractions, goes by buzz uh goes through like one of the shops takes you by where alien encounter stitches was and then into space mountain where you really can't see anything anyways so uh the ride now that's what the ride now is but the ride then moved the audience through scenes featuring life-size audio animatronic dinosaurs and cavemen why does that sound familiar because those dinosaurs are the dinosaurs from the Disneyland train that you can see going from Toontown to Main Street, right? Is that where that train goes? No, that train goes from Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. But you could still, if you went from Toontown to Main Street, you would still see it regardless. All right. And then the last thing was at the Illinois. So the state of Illinois had their own sponsored uh, pavilion at the Illinois Pavilion. We saw great moments with Mr. Lincoln, which would eventually move on to Disneyland. Whew. All right. Are we done? We're done with the World's Fair. All right. Uh, still on April 22nd, 1970. April 22nd, 1970 was the very first Earth Day. 
And why was that significant to Disney history? Because 18 years later, it would be the opening date for Disney's Animal Kingdom. This would be the fourth and final, at least right now, theme park at Walt Disney World. Um, so yes, yeah, so the first Earth Day in 1970 set forth what would end up being the opening date for Disney's Animal Kingdom in 1998. And we just talked about Dino-Rama at Animal Kingdom. I, you know, I love Animal It is, uh, It is underrated, but I love taking my little boy there, Anderson. Uh, we love doing the safari. And we like doing going over to Rafiki's Planet Watch because it's uh, on the train and stuff like that. So he, yeah, he loves watching the animals and you know, the, the ride car <laughs> in the safari is, uh, is very bouncy. So is the train. So he likes things like that. And he just likes to look at things. So we do a lot of animal kingdom and there's a, a couple rides. I mean, not a whole lot. He can do, he can do triceratops spin and uh, the Navi river boat, but there's not a whole lot of things, but it's more for the, the walking around and, and riding those two main rides that I, that I, um, that I mentioned also this date. I mean, I, I hate to just blow past animal kingdom when I talk so much about Tokyo and, in Paris, but yeah, I mean, animal kingdom super under, I like, I, I asked the question the other day on my Insta, on my Insta story, what what was your what's your favorite theme park in the world? And not a single person said Animal Kingdom. So maybe it's somebody's second or third favorite, but it's it's definitely nobody's favorite. But that's only because Anderson can't talk yet and tell you that's his favorite. Uh, April twenty second, and because as of right now, it's probably the best place to get a reservation because every other place is sold out. Anyways, April 22nd, 1999. Sounds Dangerous with Drew Carey premieres at MGM Studios. I loved Sounds Dangerous. It's uh, It was a fun little quirky. So you went inside and like Drew Carey was on the screen and he was, I think he was a security guard someplace. And then like the lights went out and he would just, he was going around trying to find whatever, but you would have on headphones, um, right? Is that right? Or did you just listen? Yeah, I, I think you had on headphones. And um, yeah, so it was like kind of like, fig, you know, like in the scene in Journey to Imagination where you do the train and you're like, oh, that's a train because I hear it. I can feel it was basically just like that. But it was also a great place to get out of the sun and take a little 20 minute nap. April 22nd, 2019. Gosh, has it been two years already? Avengers Endgame has its world premiere at the Los Angeles Convention Center. This movie was so big that its world premiere was at a convention. Like a movie theater could not even handle it. They couldn't handle this at Grauman's or El Capitan or anything like that. It had to be held at a convention center. I'm sure we will talk about Avengers Endgame a little bit more when we get to the actual theatrical release. But I just wanted to mention that the world premiere was in a convention center. God, 
What a huge, huge movie. Uh, April 23rd. So we're closing in on the end of the week. April 23rd, 1957. Midget Autopia debuts at Disneyland. And I know what you're thinking. And I know what you're picturing in your mind right now. You cannot help but picture it, can you? Go ahead. I'll give you a couple more seconds to go ahead and, and think about what you're thinking about and get the giggles out. But no, it is not that. Now I'm thinking about it and giggling. Uh, so the Midget Autopia was the third of the Autopia attractions it was and the smallest. I mean, yeah. So uh, there were there was the Tomorrowland Autopia and the Junior Autopia. Uh, so this so Tomorrowland Autopia is the traditional Autopia, and then uh, you know uh, with the cars and stuff. And then the Junior Autopia was for smaller kids, but then the Midget Autopia was for the even smaller kids who could not drive those first two. It would last about nine years and, and close in April of 1966. So yeah, so nine years um, it would be removed from Disneyland, but it would be placed at Walt Disney's boyhood home in Marceline, Missouri. So if you went to Marceline, you can see the midgets. April 23rd, 1993, Walker Ranch in Central Florida, a huge, huge 8,500-acre ranch officially becomes Disney Wilderness Preserve. So Disney bought a ton of land. It was about 15 or so miles south of Walt Disney World or the Magic Kingdom, I guess, at least, uh, and to be used for preservation of this swamp area. Oh, they turned that into celebration. Moving on, April 24th, 1989, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club debuts on the Disney Channel. And you're like, oh, is this one... Brittany and Christina. No, this is, I mean, so that, yes, that was the same show, but this was not the same. So they didn't, they, they didn't come on the show in 1989, but this was the show that they were on, but not like the show that April 24th, 2009. Whenever I get combobulated, I just like to change the subject as quickly as possible is to keep from confusing myself and my listeners even more. April 24, 2009, Marty Sklar announces he will be retiring from Walt Disney Imagineering. I mean, talk about a, an all-time Disney legend. Had worked for had worked for the Walt Disney Company for 53 years at this point. Absolutely amazing, amazing career. Went from working in Disneyland uh, to become to working as an Imagineer, doing the dream, doing the dream of that every popcorn cart uh, or cashier dreams of becoming a Walt Disney Imagineer one day. So, congratulations on your retirement. After I guess we 
We've, you've been retired for 12. What? A, but he hasn't really. He just, he's writing books and showing up places and doing stuff. And then the last thing for this week that we're going to talk about, April 24th, 2015, King Triton's concert debuts at Tokyo Disney Sea's Mermaid Lagoon. It's a little musical show, a little concert down in Mermaid Lagoon, but I wanted to talk about Mermaid Lagoon. It is it is like an entire theme park. There's it is like an entire theme park underground. There's this giant concert hall show thing. It's a it's on a screen and stuff. Um but there's attractions, there's a restaurant, there's meet and greet areas, all of this, a, a an entire land, an entire theme park underground at Mermaid Lagoon. It is quite amazing. So happy birthday, King Triton. Well, not happy birthday, King Triton, but happy anniversary to your concert hall. And that'll do it for this week. So thank you for hanging out with me as we celebrated Animal Kingdom's birthday. I'll tell you what, look for me. I will be there this Thursday. If you're listening before Thursday, I will be there at Animal Kingdom. So slide into those DMs and say, hey man, where are you? I'd like to hang out and come shoot some hoops over in Dino Land. And we will do that. And maybe I'll win you a Cementosaurus or a little Triceratops or something. So anyways, thanks for hanging out and listening. And yeah, let me know if you will also be at Animal Kingdom this week celebrating their anniversary. So until then, I'll see you next week for this week. <laughs> Always gets me <laughs> this week in Disney history.